Well, morning, everybody. What a spectacular day it is out there. Life Build, uh, we're in a very exciting stage of church life, actually. Uh, 15 years old this year, and uh, it's, it's kind of the, 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 the era of church where we've got so much, so much good foundation and so much looking ahead to the future. So we wanted just to, as, as we launched in September, just reiterate a little plan that we've got hatched. Um, many people have given over the years to Life Build. That's why we're sitting in this building and not outside or in a, or in a hall somewhere. But it's, it's fabulous to have our own space as a, as a rental. So we rent this. Um, but we, the long-term plan is to buy a building that's a permanent asset so that way into the future, um, the, the church has a good foundation uh, financially and also security, long-term security. So there's an image up here that just to give us a snapshot of where that is. I don't know where to stand. I'll stand over here. There it is, a million dollars in seven years. How's that? We can do this. Seven-year project. We've got another seven years to be in here. Now, look at this. We already have an opening balance, 120,000, if you can see that behind the drum kit. Um, that's money that you've already given over the last year that we didn't use for this fit out. Tucked aside, done. This year we also had you pledged $40,000 together to give over the next course of the year, um, which is tremendous. It's a little bit under the goal of what we want for 2023, um, but you can see it's getting towards that goal. And so over the next seven years, we're going to see this, this pill <laughs> fill out uh, up to the end. But I just thought it'd be great for us to see a visual and to see exactly where we are right now. And, and I'm pretty excited, pretty encouraged that we've got a good foundation to start with, you know, over 10% there already before we even started this thing. And then um, over the next seven years. So my encouragement to you, if you haven't pledged, you can do so as a life build uh, online on the app. Um, Give anything you give to the Life Build Fund goes straight to the building only. It's quarantined, and that is available on your app. So the church app, if you download the church app from Play Store or App Store, um, you'll be able to look at the giving details. There's two bank accounts that we've got. Uh, general goes towards general funds, staff, lease costs, all the rentals, admin, insurances, all the all the fun staff of running organisation. Um, but anything going to that life bill fund goes to, to this over the next seven years. So I just want to take a moment to pause and pray for that. And, and thank you. People have given so much already, sacrificially. And it's just, I've always found it's the, it's the long-term giving of lots of faithful people, little amounts. Not, not the person who comes in and says, here's a million dollars. Actually, what God does in our hearts when we think, kids, I can give $10. That, that's way more precious than someone going, let's bankroll the church it, because it does something in our hearts. Giving is so good. So I'm going to pray for us and pray for this target. Lord Jesus, there it is. We believe you've led us into this target of a million dollars in seven years. Thank you for a big amount to dream, to pray, to depend. And so we pray, Lord, that you'd help us to play our part in that. Help us to, to give faithfully, generously, but also just in expectant faith 
that we can continue building your church physically into the future, into generations, even beyond our own lifetime, that we would leave a foundation and a deposit for the future kingdom of God in our city. And I just thank you for this goal and all that you've got ahead for us as a church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Laura. That was an amazing time of worship this morning. My goodness. I just found myself in a, in a space that was like heaven, you know, that sense of just reflective, worshipful. <laughs> I've just been landed a bin. That's right, I did ask him to do that. <laughs> it wasn't a hint. I was talking about worship, how beautiful it was. So thank you. Thanks, uh, team, for leading us so beautifully this morning. Well, Philippians 3 is an exciting passage. We're almost there. One, one month for messages on Philippians 3 and 4 to finish off this series. It's been so fun. But it's the idea that if we're going to live life, we may as well live a life worth living, right? If we're going to live, let's live to the most, to the best, to the highest, to the fullest. Let's not sort of wonder why, but let's live with expectant hearts of hope and a future. And that's what Paul, I mean, Paul lived to the fullest. Paul authored this book. Paul lived this book. Uh, and he's writing to a church to encourage us. So let's read this out. I'm reading from the message version. And that's about it, friends. Be glad in God. I don't mind repeating what I have written in earlier letters. And I hope you don't mind hearing it again. Better safe than sorry. So here goes. Steer clear of the barking dogs, those religious busybodies, all bark and no bite. All they're interested is in appearances, knife happy circumcises. Sorry. I call them the real believers are the ones the Spirit of God leads to work away at this ministry, filling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. We couldn't carry this off by our own efforts. And we know it even though we can list what many think are impressive credentials. You know my pedigree. A legitimate birth, circumcised on the eighth day, an Israelite from the elite tribe of Benjamin, a strict and devout adherent to God's law, a fiery defender of the purity of my religion, even to the point of persecuting the church, a meticulous observer of everything set down in God's law book. The very credentials these people are waving around as something special I'm tearing up and throwing it out in the trash. Along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all the things I once thought was so important are gone from my life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand. Everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so that I could embrace Christ and be embraced by him. I didn't want some petty, inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules that comes from, I want the robust kind that comes from trusting Christ, God's righteousness. I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally, experience his resurrection power, be a partner in his suffering and go all the way with him to death itself. 
if there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. <laughs> Philippians 3, 1 to 11, the message version, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of the Bible. What an amazing little passage. We're going to dive in verse by verse and look at it uh, from the ESV. And then, ah, this is a good morning. Joy. You're going to find joy again. You're going to discover something new again about the freedom that you have in Christ. And if things that have crept in that are stealing your joy, guess what? It's going this morning in Jesus' name. Come with me to verse 1. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. This is the book of joy 14 times in this passage. Paul mentions joy, joy. He says, finally, again, I'm going to remind you again about joy and how to live a life of joy. He says, this is it. Let me, let me talk to you about how I found joy, says Paul. He says, to write the same things to you is no trouble to me and it's safe for you. He says, look out for the dogs. Now, dogs in those terms, and you don't think poodle, cavoodle. What's yours, cavoodle, labracavoodle? Something oodle. Anyone's got an oodle dog? They're cute and fluffy. Yeah, you've got some oodle variations. Like they're cute. Aren't they, Ian? Yes. In the middle of the night, they're cute. Dogs in the first century are not cute. They just, they just were. If you come with me to Thailand next year, you'll see dogs in the village. Mangy, flea-ridden. They just lie all over the roads. No one really owns them. They just kind of wander in and out. Uh, you feed them if you're lucky. They... You know, they're just dogs, okay? So that's what Paul's saying. Dogs. He'd beware of the dogs. Who are the dogs? He says, look out for the evildoers. Who are these evildoers? He says, the, the ones who mutilate the flesh. This is getting a bit extreme. Let me, let me explain to you what's going on. Back in the early church, when I mean, we're only talking 20 or 30 years after Christ, if that, like very, very short time frame, and, and the Jews are wondering about the relationship between the non-Jews. And so in Acts 10 and 11, we see God's Spirit poured out on what we call the Gentiles, people who weren't Jews. And, and the Christian church didn't just consist of the Jewish nation that it arose out of, but all the people started to come into Christ. And so as people come to Christ, there are people going, well, well do we make them Jews first or do we just leap that bit and go to be a Christian? Does it make sense? This is what they're wrestling with this. And so there was, a, there was a sect of these. So nice to see you, Joe. So nice. There was, there was a sect of people called the Judaizers who would insist that everybody who came to Christ actually started following the Jewish law, keeping the outward appearances of ritual, worship, circumcision. So if you came to faith in Christ, that was your lot. But Paul is calling them mutilators. He says, for we, we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. He says, it's not about the external religious practices anymore. It's about worship in spirit and in truth. He says, we've already got that. We've attained it. So we don't need to follow all these extra things is what he's telling his people. Then he, he takes a curve and he says, well, actually, if there's anyone alive today 
it's probably me. If there's anyone who's actually worked this all out and doesn't need Christ, it's me, Paul, not me, Paul. He goes, here's why, here's, here's my credentials. As, as a high-class Jew, he says, he says, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh. If anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. The flesh being the things that we can do to get to God of our own effort, of a human effort. Okay, He says, I've got them. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel. That's just according to Jewish law. He says, I was a tribe of Benjamin. Not only was he an Israelite, he was a Benjaminite, the favorite tribe, the best tribe. So I'm a Benjaminite. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, he followed all of the law, all of the pattern. He had it down right. He would have learned from the beginning the, the, the Jewish law, practiced it all. He actually went to the best law school, Christian Jewish law school, sorry, Gamaliel. He, he trained under the best of the best, the cream. He went to Harvard or Stanford or CSU. He says, as to the law, I was a Pharisee. I was of the highest sect. I was the guy who, who interpreted everything and told people what to do. I knew it all. He says, as to zeal, huh, I persecuted the church. So insistent of this law, so insistent that it would be, ha be happening that he went from place to place, church to church, and he'd drag away people who weren't following him. Zealous. I persecuted the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless according to outward righteousness, doing all the things, ticking all the boxes, his qualifications for standing before God, blameless. Anyone like that here? Anyone feel like, yeah, I've, I don't really need Christ. I'm so good. I'm so holy. I've ticked all the right boxes. And if you see that list, there's two lists in there. It's, it's, who he is and what he's done. So he's breeding his background, you know, and then his performance in it all. He says, tick, 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 tick. I'm the man, he says. If anyone thinks he's got reason to boast, it's me, he says. But verse 7, but whatever I gained, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Whatever I gained, all those credentials, I count but loss, but rubbish is the word in the Greek. Dog poo, it renders. It does. Whatever, whatever these things, I've actually just wrapped them all up, popped them in the bin for the sake of knowing Christ. Knowing is a personal knowledge, not, not an understanding of, not an intellectual understanding, a personal knowledge of. Is this good news? Because you're thinking, I'm not like Paul. You're thinking, I'm, I don't have those credentials. You don't need them. There's something far greater here that Paul actually goes to talk about. It's whatever that is, I've just chucked it in the bin. Indeed, Verse 8, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing 
worth of knowing, there's that word again, Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. Now I want to unpack that a little bit. Okay, because it it's a long passage. He says, I'm not depending upon my own righteousness. Now we all know that there's there's a gap between us and God. If you haven't realized it, there is. <laughs> is that is that God is holy. God is powerful. God, God is magnificent. And so even Moses in the Old Testament, the guy who wanted to see God face to face and spent 40 days and nights on a mountain, when God comes to come past, he hides his face. Like the holiest people in the Old Testament never got to see God face to face. He's... he's Goodness, the God who spoke the universe into being. God is his Neptune, Pluto, Andromeda galaxy. Have you seen some of the images coming out of that new telescope? Just unbelievable. The, the majesty of the universe that God spoke and created and had in his mind. I couldn't conceive of that sort of thing. Our God is powerful and holy. And in, in our Australian egalitarianism, God's my mate. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we can have a good chat. Just like, you know, we, we could just approach the prime minister. Or, we, we have no idea of holiness, do we? You know, we're kind of, we're mates. In fact, it's the opposite. We try and pull down authority in our culture. But God is holy. And if you try to approach God, look out. The, the only way that they could do that, it's fascinating. When Moses says, God, you need to come with us, God institutes the whole system of sacrifices and the tent of the tabernacle, which is so complex, but it's interesting. And, and, and they have this ritual worship where they sacrifice animals and they do all these things day in, day out. It's messy, it's bloody, but it reminds them of God's holiness. And they just can't casually approach the presence of God. They, they, they're not going to survive. Many of them died. And so, so do we think that we're good enough to hang out with God? Do, what, what credentials do you have? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm born in a good country. I'm born in a Christian country. Yeah, yeah. Granny, grandma, she was a Catholic. She, she probably prayed something for me. So we scratch around for credentials. I'm a good person. I haven't killed anyone yet. Don't pay my taxes. I, you know, good husband, good wife, whatever. And so we scratch around to try and find things that we can take before God and say, God, I'm not bad, am I really? Well, we're nothing on Paul. And Paul says, actually, I just threw those things in the bin. All those, the credentials, all those things that I had, I did nothing. A, they don't work. And B, they just either make people arrogant on one hand or on the other hand, make people so depressed because we're just not like that. 
So there has to be another way, doesn't there, to approach God. And that's exactly why Jesus came, to answer the holiness question. So a holy, perfect God-man died on our behalf so that we actually could approach God. The only way to enter into the presence of God is on the coattails of Jesus Christ. It's the only way. And so he's gone before us as a sacrifice so that we now can enter into the heavens ourselves. And actually, as we prayed this morning, Bev, sit on his lap. That sounds audacious. But actually, Hebrews talks about we have confidence to enter the holy of holies. We can do it. Not because of our own righteousness. Not because of what I've done or haven't done. Because of what Christ has done. That's what Paul's talking about. And it's his consistent message. In fact, Martin Luther, same, same battles. I've actually written it down. Martin Luther was a great reformer. 1500s. He was a budding lawyer who tried to live a righteous life. One day he was caught in a storm, a bad storm. He says, Lord, if you save me, I'll be a monk. Ever prayed that sort of prayer? Well, he did. He entered a monastery. But the nearness of death and fear of eternal judgment gave him the push he needed. And despite becoming a monk, he struggled with the perception of God's high demands and inevitable punishment. It continued even in a monastery. There he engaged in extreme self-inflicted practices of mortification, like all-night prayer vigils, you know, just trying to be right, trying to be holy, trying to be do, trying to be good. He says, I rage, this is a quote, I rage with a fierce and troubled conscience until I began to understand that the righteousness of God is that by which the righteousness lives by a gift of God, mainly faith. And here I felt I was altogether born again and had entered paradise itself through open gates. When Luther realised that it wasn't about his efforts to become like God, just a gift through faith. It's like, I've been born again. That's where the joy comes back. That's where you start to feel alive. Because no longer are you trying to prove your own self to God or yourself to yourself sometimes. Or no longer just so depressed that I'm feeling so bad that there's no way that I could ever become like God or meet him. Both of those are just swept away, put in the bin. And all that remains is accessing God through faith in Christ, which is a gift. Isn't that amazing? A gift. All you got to do is take it. It's the gift of salvation. It's the gift of righteousness. And that's why he says at the end, he says, for this sake, verse 8, I've suffered the loss of all things. I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. He wants to know God. He wants to share his sufferings. Like Christ died on our behalf. He says, I want to I get rid of myself. I want to die, sacrifice, 
given over to the kingdom of God, that somehow I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. This is the most amazing passage of faith in Christ against the works of anything that we can do. So let's make it really practical. I'm going to grab some users on the stage. I don't know about you, but I find myself drifting between two camps. Sometimes I try to find in myself reasons why I'm good. (laughs) No, not so bad. Good prayer life this week, you know, had a good, yeah, good record. Read Bible a lot, feeling good. Having talked to someone about my faith this week. That's, that's, yep. I feel, you know, had a good times with people. Didn't murder anyone, that's always a good thing. Didn't rob any banks. Ever feel like those weeks? Yeah, yeah. I'm doing all right, I'm the man. Some weeks? Oh, man, this is hard. I can't, I can't seem to get anything right. I try this, I sleep in, I do this, I can't that. I try to talk to someone about their faith and they just tell me to shut up. And I feel very ineffective. You ever feel like that? So, so we oscillate between trying to feel good about ourselves by what we've done or just give up because we're, we're hopeless. Both. In the bin. There's another way, friends. Because we can't. We're not like Paul. Let's face it. We're not like Jesus. We can't. We, it's pointless trying to prove yourself to God. That's why Christ came. And it's pointless wandering around feeling depressed because I can't ever get there. Because that's why Christ came. It's joy. If you can apprehend the righteousness of God by faith. And then you just find who I am as a person, my breeding, my background. That was bad. Gone. And I got a whole pad here. (laughs) All my achievements, my degrees, theology, how good I was growing up. This is good, it's therapeutic. The fact that I planted a church and it's still here. <laughs> or the other way. I can't seem to get my life together. I can't even pray. <laughs> I like that one. It doesn't matter. It's by faith. Never had an effective conversation with anyone that led them to Christ. <laughs> no pressure. Take that away. Can't seem to find friends or relationships, but this is freedom. This is joy. Can't seem to overcome some addictions. That's all right, because Christ has overcome. Good or bad? Rubbish. Christ, the power of his resurrection living in me is anything I need. I don't know. I don't think I'm alone. I want you to stand up. Now, I don't have enough paper for all of you to come and throw it in the bin. 
but I want you to picture in your mind. Let's go through it. Let's, let's, let's check this stuff out. What are the things that you're depending on that you think you're so good about that you go before God saying, look what I've done. And he goes, ah, rubbish. <laughs> Gone. Gone. Just, just take a moment. All the things that you tried to prove yourself towards God, take them before God. And so I'm going to throw that in the bin. Anything you've tried to prove yourself, it's called religion. It's called works of the flesh. It's called self-effort. Try and make yourself feel better in order to connect you to God. None of it works. Just in the bin. Just name it before God. God, even apologize. So I'm, I'm sorry for, for trying to trust in these things to reach you. Sorry for trying to be this or that in the bin. And then there are folk here, you're feeling, feeling rubbish because you feel like I can never be what God wants me to be. Even that doesn't matter. He's come. He's a God. I'm sorry. He says, just chuck it in the bin. My love, my sacrifice for you is far greater than anything you could ever try and overcome. My, my power, my freedom for you is way beyond anything that you could ever do. So don't, don't try. Accept my grace. Accept my love for you. Accept the freedom I have in Christ and enjoy it. And you, you'll sort life out as you grow. That's okay. But if you try and do it without the love of Christ flowing through you, it'll end up in tears. So throw it out. All those pressures, the I shoulds, I should, I should, I can't, I, I wish I could, all those just in the bin. And you live face to face with Christ. He says, I love you dearly. And I died for you. I paid the price. Now come. Come and enjoy my presence. And I'll teach you how to live. And I'll walk with you. But you'll never be trying to prove yourself to God ever again. Holy Spirit, come. Touch each person. Whatever place they're at. They're the, only, the only thing we would have joy in is that we have life in Christ. That He is our righteousness. That His death and resurrection has paid the way for us. And Jesus, come and fill us with that confidence that we can have new faith, new confidence in Christ this morning. And I'd love to pray. You know, if, if you're here this morning and, and you just feel like, I, I get it now, I get it. And I want to I join in. I want to find Christ this morning. I've, maybe you've just felt like I've never had that experience. This morning is your morning. You don't, you don't need to try and prove yourself to God anymore. This morning, you just come to Christ. This morning, you come to faith. Just, I'd like you to actually physically come down the front. If you feel like I just need to have Christ in my life, to be filled with God, just, just come. Come down the front. Uh, you don't need to throw it out physically. Just, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Just come. I'd love to pray for you and just stand with you if you need Christ, or if you just feel like this morning, I, I just want to make a shift. I get something, something's dropped in. Now I want to just 
make that statement. Just come, I want to pray for you. Let's fill this space. Let's sing and build my life. And if you want to come and just get prayer for anything like that, come, we'll pray for you.